Today, we're talking to a property manager who has grown her company from a single property like most of us to almost 300 properties, accommodating over 6,000 reservations per year. And she's got a great backstory. So listen on. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. As I record this in sunny Texas, and as I record this, actually, there's a blizzard just about to hit Ontario. So as I've mentioned before, I have the cam from my driveway at home and I can see the snow piling up when the snow comes. So as we head into March and the clocks are going to go forward very, very shortly and spring is coming and I'll be heading off to Barcelona to Kigo World at the end of the month. And then, of course, we have our property manager professional course, which kicks off in a few days time. If you have not yet signed up for this, then you should be doing that. I would love to have you. You're going to have 12 weeks of personal tuition, basically, as we go through all the different components of starting up a property management company. And I would love to be with you every step of the way, along with our happy band of expert trainers, including Jodie Taylor-Bourne, Sue Jones, Tammy Sims, and a host of others. You have to go to the link at the end of the show notes to check and see everybody who's going to be there. But it is going to be spectacular. Can't wait to see you there. So talking about property management, you know, one of the things that I've been while I've been building up this course, I wanted to find out best practices, what the best in the industry are doing. What is it that's taken them to zero to 300 properties in just 10 years or so? And in some cases, taking them from zero to 300 properties in three years. So I've spent a lot of time going out and talking to these property managers and finding out some of their secrets, finding out what their tipping points were. At what point in their business did they feel they had to do something big in order to continue or else just perhaps close down their companies? And some have got to that point. And I have to say, I did way back in about 2000 and 2010, I think. We'd grown to 35 properties. We didn't have any staff. And that was our tipping point. To take on another property, we would have to take on staff as well. And then that brings, you know, you, you come to the economics of it. Then, you know, how much more is one property going to add economically? And how long is it going to take you to recoup that? And what else do you have to do? So, I've been talking to a lot of property managers about their particular tipping points and bringing that to uh, to the course. So today I'm talking to Jennifer Frankenstein-Harris. She is a property manager from Florida. She's going to tell you all about her company and how she got started in 2008 to build her company from zero to 300. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's a great pleasure to have with me today Jennifer Frankenstein Harris and her company, Great Ocean Condos. Absolutely a huge pleasure to have you with me today, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, how's the weather down in your neck of the woods? Oh, it's about 83 today. It's a little cloudy, but the sun's going to be out later, so swimsuits on the beach. Here we come. Oh, that, that is that is so perfect. I'm in Texas. We're still getting frosty mornings, which is a, oh. it's a bit of a shock, but it's I'm not shoveling it. That's the big thing. Well, listen, we had our winter, January 22nd and 23rd. It's over now. <laughs> I, I love that. I may have to start snowbirding in Florida instead of Texas because Texas... It's a good idea. Come to New Smyrna Beach. We'd love to have you. Oh, that would be wonderful. Well, tell me a little bit about New Smyrna. How do you pronounce it? New Smyrna. <laughs> New Smyrna. New Smyrna. Okay. New Smyrna, 20 minutes south of Daytona, East Coast. Um, old Florida beach town. So great restaurants, great trendy shopping, great historic district, only two hotels on the beach. That's amazing. Now, that's an area I have never been to. Well, I've been to St. Augustine, but that's about it. I've never explored down that coast at all. And you say old Florida. I'm sort of used to old Florida being down on the Gulf Coast, but you obviously have a, 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 a similar a situation there. I say old Florida because people just used to live on the beach. Right. Mm -hmm. We used to, you know, houses, condo complexes, no real resorts or hotels, just people who love to beach town. So we're an island. We have about seven miles of national seashore and about 11 miles of properties and just the two hotels. Best Western. I'm not advertising for them. If I say that, nobody will want to stay there. They all want to stay in a privately owned condo and home. (laughs) (laughs) Of of course they do. How did you get into the business? I know that you went from naught to 300, but how was the start? Well, we were lucky enough to be able to purchase a condo on the beach. So I was a school teacher. We didn't have a lot, but what we had, we decided to put into a a beach condo so that we can make memories for our kids. Six weeks after I purchased the condo, my dad passed away and we inherited our family home in Vermont, which had been in my family for a hundred years, bought by my great grandfather. And I thought, wow, you know, how am I going to take care of my beach condo? this estate in Vermont, which is so dear to our family. And I have a house I live in. Mm -hmm. I had recently quit my teaching job to be a stay-at-home mom. I was homeschooling my kids, two of them, Robert and Kate. And I was in a situation where I had to get my condo rented. So my on-site manager did about 13,000 that year, that first year on my condo. This is 2007. And 13000 just wasn't going to cut it. I wasn't even covering expenses. So I decided to help the rental committee at my complex. That really didn't go anywhere. They were still taking checks in the mail. They didn't have a website. They, they wanted me to give them four by six prints of my condo so people walking in off the street could see them. Even back in 2007, online booking was the way to go. People were, mm-hmm. were booking travel online. So I did it myself in the end of 2007 into 2008. I had already doubled my income and my neighbor asked me if I could help them with their condo because they needed rental revenue too. And then their neighbor asked them if I could help them and their neighbor asked if I could help them. So fast forward, 275 properties that we now manage all in our little corner of the world. That's amazing. I love that story because I hear it over and over again. 
I started with my own necessity. property and then, right. you know, out of necessity. And then my neighbor came along and then a friend of a friend. And then before you know it, you've, it's just exploding. Exactly. We were kind of a mom and pop town. So there weren't a lot of managers who took credit cards, had an online booking system, put photos online. Um, and for anyone who thinks this is an easy business to start, I didn't get a paycheck until month 26. Mm-hmm. And it was $5,000, 26 months for $5,000. Everything that the company earned went back into the company, whether it was website or Google AdWords or SEO or a better camera to take our own photos because that's what we did and that's what we still do. Everything just went back into trying to make the company better and better and trying to make our owners money because if we didn't make our owners money, we weren't mm-hmm. going to make it. Yeah, so so back then, 2007, 2008, you had a property manager. Were there any other managers in the area at the time? A few, but all of them in town at that time, they were real estate agencies. Their focus was selling properties. And as a side, they did the property management too. And it was property management. There was nothing called vacation rental management, Mm -hmm. which is a much more professional term. You're not just managing the property. You're not just cutting the grass and fixing the pipe. You're actually giving the guest an experience of their one, possibly one vacation they get this year. And they want to come and enjoy it and make memories and be with their family and have no worries. I mean, how to treat a guest was not in the property management world back then. So we were the first company that started doing no real estate sales. We only did vacation rentals. We still do no real estate sales. We only do vacation rentals. And and we tell the owners point blank, I don't make money unless you make money. I have no bigger motivation to work hard for you. Now, I'm not going to make a commission on selling a home or having you list your home with me because I don't do that. I only focus on vacation rentals, guest experience, and caring for your property like it's my own home. That's all we do. So that's a way of standing out from the competition in the area. What mm-hmm. about what about now? Do you have much do you have more competition now or has it stayed pretty static? That's a great question. Um, I don't like to use the word competition because <laughs> I, I was the president of Florida VRMA and part of that was bringing t- property managers together. In my opinion, rising tides raise all ships. So I meet with the property managers um, in town. You know, we have another company that's a larger company. They were the only one for a long time. And, you know, we share information. We ask questions mm-hmm. of each other. We, we try to, you know, figure out how to do things better. I have everybody on software now. <laughs> Everybody's on software in town. There's probably maybe five or six that really do vacation rentals now. One of them, you know, owners who decided that, I did such a great job managing their property for five years that they'll start their own business. So things like that are always interesting. But what do they say about imitation is the biggest form of flattery, right? Uh, absolutely. And it's interesting you, you talk about getting to with other vacation rental companies in the area. When, when I started back in 2003, you know, nobody, absolutely nobody talked to each other. That, mm. that was serious competition because and I, and I even... I even heard one other manager saying, I'm, I'm not sharing any of my information. I don't want anyone to know my secrets. And, I'm, I, and I think now there are no secrets. No, because you can see it online, really. <laughs> Absolutely. And in fact, a couple of years ago, we contacted all the other managers in the area and said, come on, guys, let's get together. We're all dealing with similar issues with legislation and regulations. 
and Airbnb encroachment into our little neck of the woods. And mm-hmm. it was one of the best things we did. You know, we now, you know, we now share information. If we've got, if, if there's something happening in an area that's impacting us, it's going to impact everybody. So we share that out. So I, yeah, I get what you say about competition and maybe I should change that word. So what makes you stand out though? You know, you are working with, with other companies and, and I'm going to ask you a question in a second about objections that owners make, but let's start with what, how sure. you stand out. I, you know, I called my general manager when I, when I saw that question and I said, what do you think makes us stand out? I have my own ideas, but uh, you know, let me talk to my frontline people. What, what makes us stand out? She said, our customer service, we answer the phone. And I mean, that is, that is huge. We answered the phone. It rings once, maybe twice, we answer the phone. If you need something, we take care of it as soon as possible. Whether that's, you know, a a new blender because yours broke down, we know how important that is on a beach vacation, or you couldn't locate your parking pass, whatever it is. So customer service, I think, knowing that this is a family's possibly only vacation they have that year, and we're going to be an integral part of that. So we want to make it such that they remember it forever. They they have no worries while they're there. They're relaxed. I mean, so it's really just a level of customer service, I think, that sets us apart. I mean, we shop other managers in town. We do. We, we send inquiries and we see how long it takes to get a response. Or we send, we'll ask information, hey, I'm going to buy a property. Can I get some information about your property management program? If it takes two days for that to come back to me, I think that makes us stand out because you'll hear back from my staff within an hour. You'll get a call from the owner of the company on New Year's Day. I had an owner on New Year's Day tell me I needed to get a life. I was calling him on New Year's Day. I said, this is my life. Your property. I mean, this is part of my life. I, and, and my family would even look at me and go, mom, call him back. My husband would look at me and say, hey, call him back. It doesn't matter that we're up in a cabin in Vermont having a vacation. Call him back. He asked me the same thing, that that particular owner. Well, why should I go with you and not this person? I said, well, let's call their office right now and see if they answer. He did. They didn't answer. He called me back. He said, you're right. They didn't answer. I said, okay. Well, that's why. I'm on vacation in a a cabin in Vermont. I'm calling you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reason you come to us. I love that. That's the that's the professionalism that stands some vacation rental companies out from others. It was interesting, and I was reading a, a Skift article this morning that said there's a hundred thousand property managers across the world. Wow. And, and I know that Hostfully posted something a year or so back saying there were twenty five thousand in the in the US. Um, so well, can, then you have to stand out. Yeah, and, and, and I see. So you you must see these ads for books and and courses. You know, earn a million dollars in your first year by managing third party properties without lifting a finger. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. I, I, do you know, I nearly sign up for those because I think I need to learn how to do this because <laughs> I, yeah. I haven't, hey, I need to earn that million dollars clear. And, and secondly, you know, although I'm not sure like you, you would never want to do this without lifting a finger, I'm sure. Oh, no, I don't see how you can do it without lifting a finger. <laughs> You mentioned an owner saying, you know, why should I why shouldn't I go with another company? I'm sort of compiling a list of objections that we commonly get from owners and some ideas of how to respond because I think, you know, 
but particularly for, for people that are coming new into the industry and they want to start a professional business, the, the owner acquisition is the really hard part because, you know, you, <laughs> you can't do this business without the owners. And with Absolutely. so many property managers out there, you know, how, how do you put yourself across to say, I am the one that you need to go with, even if I'm just starting out? So what are the sort of objections that, that you hear? Well, I think one of the things property managers need to know inside and out is rate variation in your area. Because rates in, in my town are not the same. If you, if you go 20 minutes north to Daytona, rates are different there. And if you go another hour up to Palm Coast, where it's very new development, very large homes, rates are different there. So if you're going to be the expert in the area, you need to know what your rates should be because bottom line is people are calling you because they need somebody to help them make money. It's an investment property. So an investment property needs to cash flow and it needs to earn. And they're looking at you as the expert. I would say, you know, how are you going to make them that money is key. When we first started, everybody had two rates in town, high season rate and low season rate. And I thought, this is crazy. My phone is ringing off the hook in March because Families are looking for spring break weeks, and most of the properties are filled up with snowbirds who mm -hmm. who are staying two or three months and not paying mm -hmm. enough. A family will come for a week and pay two thousand for a week when a snowbird paid twenty two hundred for the month. And I have to say to my owner who objects to the weekly renter, this is a great objection. I'll get back to rates in a second. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want weekly people in my property because they cause so much wear and tear. And I say to them. Weekly people are not in your property. Mom will never cook a meal in that kitchen. She's on vacation. They're going out to dinner every night. They're on the beach. They're at the pool. They're not inside your property. Your monthly person came for the month. They paid not enough. And the first week, their son and his kids came down. And the second week, their daughter and her kids came down. And the third week, their neighbors from up north came down. They've got weekly people running in and out of your property. And they only paid a monthly rate. They're giving free Florida vacations away to all of these mm. people that they come down and let stay in your property. So your weekly people, they leave in seven days. My cleaner's in there. She's getting everything tidy, perfect, inspected. We can see and take such better care of your property when we're in there every seven days instead of every 90 days. So that we turned that objection around. On rates, we decided to move to a 52-week rate table. I felt like Every week the weather got warmer, the rate should be a little higher. So starting January 1st to the next week, to the next week, to the next week, we would raise rates a percentage. We have the Daytona 500 here. Mm -hmm. The third week of February, I'm 20 minutes away from the Speedway. You can't find a bed between Jacksonville and Cocoa Beach during that time. We raised our rates 40% for that week. You know, owners thought we were crazy. They thought we we just couldn't do it. We couldn't charge that type of money, but we did. And it worked and it paid off. And now all of the property managers in my area do the same thing, which that's why I say rising tides raise all ships. <laughs> you know, people have a booking fee now. Well, great. Yes, we should have an administrative fee for everything we do to put together that booking and the software and the credit card and everything we did. So I think that objections are good, but you need to be the innovator to mm -hmm. say, how am I going to take that objection and actually put it into an actionable item that's going to make my company better, make more revenue for that owner, return 
revenue to me. You can't just hear the objection, not get the sale, move on to the next thing. Use those objections to make your company better. So how do you deal with the objection that I hear a lot is what can you do for me that I can't do for myself by listing on Airbnb or VRBO come to that? Well, that's a great company. I mean, I would say that those companies are only advertisers for your property. They are not going to create a relationship with your guest that is going to bring your guest back to your property year after year. You're a relational person. You're going to be there. Your eyes are going to be on it. Um, You're going to be hands-on. It's not book and then goodbye. It's book and then how can I help you? Yeah, that's a really good answer, and it's it's one that um, that I've used. It was interesting that it came it came up at an event we went to a couple of years ago, maybe four or five years ago. And Airbnb hadn't really hit Ontario at that time. And I, the first time I had this question, I thought, okay, there's a there's so much we can do that mm-hmm. you know that Airbnb can't do for you. But uh, but there are those that that of course that they, they want to go that route. They want to save that money. And for them, I, you know, I, I think that's, that's probably the best route for them. Uh, yeah. So no doubt over the years, I mean, it's, you start in 2007, it's 2019. No, it's not. It's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's 2020. <laughs> what challenges? What are the big, what big challenges have you faced over that time? Because I'm sure things haven't always run smoothly for you. No, I mean, there's, you know, there's so many challenges and, and all, all of us in this vacation rental community, we know, you know, the changes that, that have taken place with OTAs and, you know, we used to be able to list our property, buy our placement, you know, everybody had a platinum ad, right? 1299, or you can get the global bundle for 1499. Mm-hmm. And I hope people are laughing out there because this was the day and we're all going, oh, I wish we could just do that again. Um, but <laughs> Then, you know, they, they, okay, the OTAs took our phone numbers off the ad. So guests couldn't find us. And now they're calling this 888 number. And I'm sure we've all called that number, right? Because I just wanted to call and tell them my toilet was overflowing and see how they could help me, right? Because uh-huh. I paid a service fee for 24-7 customer service throughout my stay. So I want to know what they're going to do for me when my toilet's overflowing, which is nothing. They're, they can't help you. That's me. The vacation rental manager can help you. So they removed our phone numbers. They secured our communication. They try to not get us to talk to our guests. When a vacation is so personal and it's so relational that they want to talk to us and we want to talk to them. They can throw you surveys left and right that say, guests want to book online. They don't want to talk to somebody. No, they want an easy online flow. But when they want to know if there's a Keurig or a drip coffee maker, they're not going to be able to call a call center in India and find out that question. They need to talk to the property manager. So we've seen all those face, those challenges. I think in my company personally, we used to think the best guest you never talked to. They booked online. They came to the property, had a great time. They left. They left a good review. We're done. Now we say we need to talk to that guest, touch the guest, you know, identify with them, see what they're here for. Why are you on vacation? See what they need while they're here. Build a relationship so that the next time they look, they automatically come to me. Mm-hmm. I want them to start their search with my website, not with an OTA. So it's changed us, but I think in good ways that, you know, we're all facing challenges right now, depending on what software you are on, you know, HomeAway's API feed is changing April 30th. And if your software company doesn't get that API feed 
up to their new mm-hmm. four point whatever it is, then your listings could actually disappear. And that's scary, you know, because I, I'm not sure that every software company is going to get it done by April 30th, to be quite frank. And, and, um, you know, these are our partners. If you're our partner, then you're going to help your partner extend that deadline, give some support to those software companies who are struggling to do that. I mean, that's a big change that's coming for, for a lot of us. And I, I've talked to property managers who don't even know that that's happening. So that that's happening and it's coming mm-hmm. quick. So we've got all kinds of changes and, and things, you know, in business it's hard to find a good employee right now, right? Unemployment is so low. If you're advertising a job, you need to offer more. You need to, you know, step up your game with benefits. I mean, there's all kinds of challenges that we face just in our particular industry and in the business world as a whole. Yeah. You went up to the Outer Banks. You were just, you were just telling me and had some time with Tim Cafferty. Tell me something that you learned from him that you want to take on board. Oh, Oh my goodness. Well, there's just so much. I mean, he was such a a gracious host. I was listening to his podcast and there were so many just philosophical things that I agree with on him that I just sent him an email and said, I need some inspiration. Can I just come up and spend a day with you? And he was like, absolutely. I've booked you my beach house. I'll see you next weekend. It was like, are you kidding? So he, he, there's just so many things that, that he does and his culture in his business is just amazing from the person that greets you at the front door to the person who is handling every piece of marketing uh, for the company to the frontline reservation staff. He just has a culture there that really brings people together. He did a personality profile on each of his employees Mm -hmm. and it's posted on the doorway of their office so that you know that this person is best communicated to in this way. So, I mean, he takes time to really get to know who, who he's working with and his staff. And they do everything. They do everything from, I, I just do um, vacations. I, I have vendors for my cleaners, outside vendors for maintenance. He had all of his own cleaners, all of his own maintenance staff. Mm-hmm. They do their carpet cleaning. They do the hot tubs. They do real estate sales. They do vacation rentals. I mean, it's a, a huge, all-encompassing package for an owner who needs somebody who's going to take care of them in their home in every possible way. That's what they're doing. I think I'm going to have to book a day with Tim. <laughs> book a day with Tim. He could start a whole nother business. Book yeah. a day with Tim. Don't yeah. say that I said this. We may need to edit this out. He may not be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I think it's, do you know, it's, it, it's something that perhaps we should all be doing a little bit more. And that's going outside of our comfort zone and going somewhere else and networking with another manager. I, I think so too. That is doing something you like and just making those connections and saying, can I come out and, and, and just spend a day shadowing you and see how it, how it works? Because you, right. know, you mentioned when we were talking before we started recording that this is such an amazing business for the people that are in it and and the way we all communicate and network and support and help each other that perhaps you know we we could just take this one stage further so you could have started something here jennifer oh i hope so i hope so. i just needed to be inspired you know you get we're starting year 13 and we're a really good company but good is the enemy of great especially mm-hmm. when you're really good so when you're really good and you don't strive to the great you can start going backwards pretty quickly. 
So I actually called Matt Landau and I, I told him, I said, I'm, I'm doing this. I, I like this program on the road with Steve Hartman. And he finds great feel good stories around the country and, mm-hmm. and gives a two minute. I said, I'm, I'm going to see Tim Cafferty. My goal is to see three managers in 60 days. So mm-hmm. tell me where to go next, Matt. You've talked to so many managers. And he sent me the most thoughtful email of, of different managers that he's interviewed who have just different aspects that it would really just inspire you. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's that's my goal in these next 60 days. One down, I have two to go. Oh, that, I, I, I love that. So maybe we get back together after this, <laughs> after your 60 yeah, days. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd and, be great. And, and talk about that. So what technology, you, you know, you, you said when we started out in 2007, 2008, that the issue with the manager that you with was technology or lack of technology. So mm-hmm. you've, you've clearly got your eye on technology. What technology platforms at the moment are making your business more effective and easier to manage? Well, I'm going to have to be honest and say I do not use a lot of the bells and whistles <laughs> companies out there who you who have all of these things for technology. And I am almost embarrassed to say that, but my company did six million in revenue last year, and our our owners eighty two percent were up year over year for the last eight years running. So my company has a written process and a tech note for every single thing that we do, which makes us highly lean in how we operate because one person can handle 52 things in an hour because we have a written process for how each thing is handled or an auto signature and outlook for how that's answered. Or we have, you know, we just have MailChimp, but I have 37,000 past guests. So I, I email my 37,000 past guests at least once a week mm-hmm. to just talk about events in town or specials that we have running or the new property we just signed up. We have a mail merge system through our software and I'm on rental network software, the, the pioneers in software. They're, they've been around for probably one of the longest. So mm-hmm. it's not a bells and whistles software, but it's been really great software for our company over the last 13 years. So we communicate with our guests through email, whether it's our lock in your rate program. So you're staying with us and we want you to lock in your rate for next year because rates just went up 5%. Um, We reach out to them via phone call because things are more relational these days. So each of my agents makes 25 outbound calls a day. And that outbound call could be anything from, you know, last year at this time you were booking your vacation. We wanted to check in with you and, and make sure that we helped you get that done again this year. Or, hey, we noticed you didn't purchase travel insurance and your, your final payment's coming up and we want to make sure that your, your vacation's protected. Um, so, you know, that property you're staying in is open for three additional days at the end of your stay. Would you like to extend your stay? So all of these little things that we can touch with them, you know, in the old-fashioned way, right? Pick up the phone, call. Um, we do that. Um, it, it, we're very, we're highly organized with our staff in the field. We have a process for everything that comes in. So I can't tell you about, you know, there's a lot of startups. I don't know if there's another industry with more startups than anyone than us. I mean, mm-hmm. you can do just about anything these days. But tell, tell me about um, your pricing. Do you, do you use any software for you? You're saying you're, you're adjusting the pricing constantly. Do you? That's a great, no, I don't. And yeah. I talked to Tim about this when I was up there because I said, look, I'm not using any of these pricing companies. Are you? Cause let me tell you why I don't, because I manage one property 
and it's the property of the owner I'm on the phone with. That's all I manage, their property. They don't care if I manage 275 properties. They want to feel like their property is the only one I own. And I know what that owner will take for a price if they are price aggressive, if Mm -hmm. they have open weeks and I can drop their price 10% to get them a a booking to fill in their off days. There's 48 different condo complexes that we're in. I know what rates could be supported in that particular complex. So I still do it the old fashioned way. I know the owner, I know the property, I look at the open dates and I can move the rates to make sure that that owner year over year is increasing the revenue on their property. You know, of course I look on online to see what everybody else in town is, is offering and how much they're offering it at and where their rates are falling because you can't price yourself out and you certainly don't want to underprice. So I do that myself. I love it. <laughs> I, lo- I love, I, I have a thing about, I, I've, I've always been an early adopter. So, you know, bright, shiny things is my, has been mm-hmm. my huge downfall. And, and, you know, the last couple of years I've put a, a stop on jumping at the bright, shiny things and, and really looking into what I'm already using and, and how I can make that work better. Mm-hmm. Because some of the things like you, you said with your software, you've been with, you've been with that company a long time. They're, <clears throat> they're what um, Terry White called last week, you know, the legacy, one of the legacy softwares been, been around a long time. They deliver, you know, we use them mm-hmm. too. <laughs> they have, and they cost 10% of what the, bells and whistle shiny process software companies cost now. Yes, yes. And you know, I, you you go to a go go to a VRMA conference and and you can see where they're spending their money on the on the flashy oh, sure. on the very flashy uh, booths. Absolutely. This um, is true. So that's great. That was that was lovely to hear. I'm I'm sort of glad you weren't saying well, I used you know, a, a dozen different bright shiny things. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I think I think our training manual in my company is a bright, shiny thing. Mm-hmm. And it was written by my staff and myself. And I can onboard somebody where in the old days when I first started out, it would take probably six months for somebody who came into my company to understand our business and our properties and everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Now I can onboard somebody in about three weeks and they can be up and running and amazing because they literally have a, a written tech note for everything we do and a protocol for how we answer things and a flip book for what do I do about this? Here you go. I mean, that, that's old school, but it's working. You say a flip book. How, how, does, how does that work? Do you have it uh, just online in, in Google Drive or something where everybody could go access it or, or is it on paper? You're embarrassing me. It's a, it's a notebook on their desk. Oh, perfect. <laughs> They could flip it right open and see what do you do for this? What do you do for that? That's all it is. Okay. The, 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 this is great information, Jennifer. Hugely helpful, I think, for people who are just starting out. If you were advising somebody who is just going to start up today, what advice would you give them? Can you give me sort of three pieces of advice that you could help them out with? Well, I would say most people starting this this industry do not have a vacation rental management degree, right? So my degree is in music education. I was a public school music teacher for 14 years. So the first thing I would say is get involved in your national organization, in your state organization, in your local organization, because Florida VRMA and VRMA basically taught me everything from the ground up. 
I needed as a, I was a teacher, so I knew I needed to get educated. So where do I go to get educated? I joined these organizations. I went to workshops and conferences and, and met with, you know, wonderful property managers who were very willing and helpful to give advice and, and get, get me started. So mm-hmm. that's first and foremost. Secondly, I, I touched on being relational. And I think that's really, really important. I have a staff beachside, but my corporate office is 45 minutes away from beachside um, because it's closer to my home. So my, we used to not see guests. Now we do a great knock on the door greet to guests. And we started with any guest who booked on HomeAway or Airbnb. So I know that if they book on HomeAway or Airbnb, it actually helps the placement of my ad. It raises it higher. Ads that get more bookings get premier partner status and they get higher on the list. But why would I want to send them back there where there's 3,000 properties? Mm -hmm. I want them to come to my website where there's 275 properties. And if they can't find what they want with us, then they can go there. So now we actually greet the guest. We give them a Sunbum sunscreen product, which Sunbum is a local company in Cocoa Beach that has just blown up worldwide. It's an incredible sunscreen product. And we have a little postcard that we hand them and we teach them that if you start with us, you're going to save this much money. You're going to pay this here. Well, just say it. You're going to pay this on VRBO. You're going to pay this on Airbnb. And we have the low price guarantee if you book direct with Great Ocean Condos. So we give them the Sunbun product. We give them the postcard. On the back of the postcard, we have a great promotion called Your Opinion Matters a Latte. And it's a latte. It's a cup of coffee in the sand on the beach with our logo on it. And it says um, how travelers' opinions guide travelers and how how important their opinion is to us. So if they go online and leave a Google review or they go back to their ad on Airbnb, VRBO, and they they put a review on the property, we're going to send them a $10 Starbucks gift card. We're just going to email it to them just for giving us their opinion because it it really, it helps our ranking. It helps our ads. It helps obviously on Google to see that, hey, this is the company for you. And, you know, we want them to share their experiences. So that's been fantastic. We launched that about three weeks ago and guests love it. They just love it. They love seeing the people that they've been talking to on the phone and telling us about their stay. And it, that's been a really, a really good thing. So keeping relational, mm-hmm. I think that's really good piece of advice. And then I think talking to others, we've talked about communication with other managers and keeping yourself fresh and inspired. It it can get very difficult to do that because some days you say, if I talk to one more guest with one more problem, I'm just going to lose it. You, You are not alone. Every single vacation rental manager who's ever managed a property has felt the exact same way. It's okay. When people go on vacation, their brain stops working. They don't read. They don't read another sentence of your check-in document or your parking policy. Nothing. It's okay. Let them have their vacation. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned as your first point going to you know joining VRMA, and and that was a huge turning point for me when I went to my first mm-hmm. VRMA conference. And because as I said, we we know we had no networking locally and I went to that conference and, and it was like, Oh my God, everybody's got the same problems. <laughs> We're all dealing mm-hmm. with exactly the same thing. And right. I, it, it, it was, it was like a little bit like sort of coming home and, 
And I know I came away from that conference with a couple of tips that that were huge game changers for us. Right, right. I mean, I, I every time we we came home from a conference, we started implementing some of the things we learned. And those conferences, you know, they're expensive to attend. Let's be honest. And mm-hmm. when you're first starting out, you think, "Oh my gosh, I, I really can't afford to do that." You can't afford not to do that because. You're going to learn something probably in the first session you go to that's going to generate a significant revenue for you. I've never been to a conference that hasn't generated something for our company. Oh, yes. Ditto. Ditto. I mean, the, the biggest thing that, that happened to us at a conference, and, it, and, it, and I actually met up with with one of our local managers that, that we'd never sort of had a discussion with. And we were talking about the, you know, the issues we faced in our area, which is things like you know septic blockages and bugs and the things that people complain mm-hmm. about and I said how do you deal with all these complaints you know it and it was at, it was at a time when there were only two of us in the company so our summers mm-hmm. were just answering the phone to another complaint because people don't call you mm-hmm. to say I'm having a fantastic time and I wanted to let you know that right, <laughs> you know, right. The, only, the only time somebody calls is is when they've got a problem they want it dealt with and he said look he right. said I he said I don't he didn't deal with conflict well he said I don't deal with conflict and he said, I, I started a few years ago, I hired a law student every year. We hired them in May and the high season started in July. So we had between May and July to teach them exactly you know, the, the relationships between owners and guests and us. And, and he said, by the time July ro- rolled around, this person who we hired because they had skills in arbitration and mediation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, we've had law, we had law students for the past five years and they have not only done a fantastic job for our company, but they've, they've as second year law students, they've then been able to go on and, and get amazing jobs, sometimes on the back of this experience. And, That's a fantastic idea. And and we we I went back and I and we implemented this. Oh gosh, six years ago, and it's worked fantastically. And we we've had some amazing law students come and work for us each year. And that, I think that's well, a great idea. <laughs> Um, but that was just this one conversation at a VRMA conference that was a sort of a, a real change, a real game changer for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the networking is just incredible. So, I mean, that's that's why I, I serve on the national board now. I, I served Florida on their board because it's it's volunteer and it's giving back. It's saying, you know what, I recognize what you did for me and my company and I, I want to show my appreciation for that and help other vacation rental managers, you know, in whatever way I can, you know, to give, give back and in, in what they've taught mm-hmm. me. Well, I'll make sure that, um, that there is a link to VRMA on, on the show notes as, as well as a link oh, to you. other things that we have talked about. Yeah. I'll make sure there's a link to the Florida VRMA too. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, Jennifer, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Uh, I've, I've learned a lot. I want to come down. I want to come. I want you to be my networker. I'm going to come down and stay with you. <laughs> come down, please do. I would love that. I would love that. I'll put you up in a beach home and well, this is the difference though. You're going to walk into my little 900 square foot office where everybody has their own desk and space. When I walked into Tim Cafferty's three story old bank building that had, (laughs) that had, you know, a hundred plus employees everywhere. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) So, um, you know, I know there's a lot of remote companies out there and small companies out there and big companies out there. And it doesn't matter. What matters is, are you fulfilling 
the goals of your homeowner and are you making great vacations for these guests who have entrusted you with their only vacation days of the year? Those are the two things that matter. And so that, I would love to have you come. <laughs> I think we're going to make that a date. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. Thank you again. It's been it's been a huge pleasure having you with, with me. And, um, and I'll make sure that links to your site are on the on the show notes. People can go and have a have a read of your creation story, which is on your about, which is on your about us page. And we will talk again, Jennifer. OK, great. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Wow, so generous of Jennifer to share so much with us. I, I learned a ton from that. I'm taking I don't know about you, but I've taken down so many notes. And I love this, I love this idea. It sort of came to me when she said she'd been out to Outer Banks to see Tim Cafferty. And I thought, well, you know, maybe we should be doing a little bit more of this. You know, let's let's go. You know, I know there's a carbon footprint involved here, but maybe we should be doing a bit more crisscrossing the country and just going visiting and seeing how other people work and how other people manage their businesses. It it, it can be just such a game changer. So I mentioned at the beginning of this episode about um, tipping points. It, it's something I'm really interested interested in because I'm currently reading The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. So I want to recommend that book as as one to get out and read. Really interesting because, you know, the, the, the tipping point has its roots in epidemiology. And while the, at the moment we are talking, you know, talking about tipping points in our industry, there is a tipping point happening in this um, coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever we want to call it. And it's a great book to read and learn about how you can apply these tipping points to industry and different businesses and the way we, we work socially and the way we work, you know, productively and professionally. So that's that's my book recommendation of the week is The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Okay, folks, this is one last little bit of promotion for the Property Manager Professional course that we are launching next week. I'll put the link uh, at the bottom of the show notes. You can go and take a look. We have uh, 12 modules going over the 12 weeks and we cover every component of the business. This is for profit um, startups, people who are thinking about getting into the business and doing it from a professional standpoint. You know, that there is no hands off in this business. You know, even if you're working remotely and you have people out there who are doing your cleaning and maintenance, a lot of us do, to be fully professional and to meet the needs of your owner clients, you have to be hands-on. And that's what we, we talk about. And we have some great trainers who are coming along to help us out in this process. So please go take a look. And I would love to see you on the course as it starts next week and welcome you in. We're just, we're capping it at 40 students. We only want 40, a maximum of 40 people because I want to get to know everybody individually and give you some you know, good individual tuition and, uh, and support and coaching and whatever else you might need along the way. So hop on over there, take a look. And, and if you want to talk to me about it, then you can email me at heather at vacationrentalformula.com and I'll hop on the phone call with you and tell you a bit more.
So that's it for this week. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining me. You are such a, a great person in person and you've been terrific on the phone as well. And it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.